Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Would you take a Cardi B? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll throw in a Cardi B, five Beyonce's, and four Taylor Swift's. Squash, a Cobras and Fire and Pantheon podcast, or should I say, a Cobras and Fire pa- podcast brought to you by Pantheon. I'm your host, Baco, and today at some point, I'm going to be squashing a beef. Maybe. We'll see how it goes. We're going to try to squash, squash the beef between myself and In Obscuria podcast host, Kevin Williams. Kevin, welcome to the program. Baco, what is up, my friend? You know, um, uh, not too much. Uh, the weather is nice here. It's a crisp 80-degree evening in Minnesota. Cool, sunny skies. What's it like down there in Atlanta? It's actually hotter in Minnesota than it is in Atlanta right now, dude. Mm. It is uh, 75 here. It's raining. Oh, it's been real bad. swampy, though, so we, we're, we're digging it. I'll okay. take the cooler weather. Uh, now, for, our, for those here in Minnesota, this also it means I got maybe a few weeks of proper outdoor grilling left. Are you a guy who likes to throw meat on a, on, on fire? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I suck at it. I yeah. like doing it, but I suck at it. So what usually happens is I attempt to do something, and then my wife uh, kind of fixes it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, epic I, fails on the on the grill. But is it is it year-round uh, thing in Atlanta, I assume? or? Oh, yeah, yeah. We can go out year-round. Except for the occasional ice storm that shuts the entire city down for three days. Well, usually it's only about five hours, but yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I was thinking about uh, just just before you came on here is that, like, I remember when we first met. Now, I don't say this as an insult. I think you would probably admit there's a certain uh, generic quality to your name, Kevin Williams. Now, it's more better than Steve Jones, 
uh, well-known sex, uh, sex pistol. Uh, but it dawned on me. It's like one of my favorite all-time Vikings is named Kevin Williams. I don't know why I didn't place that together. It would have just been that one of those word association games that uh, I could have wrapped this up years ago. I think I finally got comfortable with it about two rocking pods ago. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, there was actually – so I grew up in a small town in South Carolina just below Charlotte, North Carolina. So we were like, you know, uh, just a little bit away from so, a So you're a rich city. man south of Charlotte? Exactly. That's yeah. me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not, not but in my in my small town, there were in there were three high schools, and in my high school, there were three Kevin Williams. What so, do you consider you a go. small town? Then that sounds like at least seventy thousand people. Yeah, it, it's a big county. I guess I should say it, it was a big county. So there were three schools in the oh, county, okay. but right. town town was small. All right. Then and I'm sorry. How many Kevin Williams? Three in my high school alone. Mm, there was fourteen in my graduating class. Good lord! <laughs> you mean total people? Uh, hey, there we go. That's why. That's why I, I, I. That's why I was able to tell people I graduated fourteenth in my class. So, <laughs> oh man. Um, well, before we get into uh, the the headliner, which is the the beef squash, where. Uh, you have severely besmirched my reputation. We'll, but we'll touch on that. Um, it pains me to say this, but like, while I was waiting for you, because you, you, you messaged me saying you were just getting home, so I ran down, you know, get things fired up down here, so I was ready for you. Um, I was flipping through Instagram, and I found myself watching a video of Millie Vanilli trying to learn how to sing their own songs. I don't know if you remember after the there was like, you know, the whole thing they they did like I think it was a VH1 deal where they like tried to prove they could sing and stuff and so there's like a a music coach working with them and playing the songs and then they're singing it's it's actually quite entertaining but uh it's not good. I actually have never heard that. I I know that it was a uh, it was it's so funny because, you know, as time goes, that would be no big deal now. At the time it was such hmm. a scandal. Yeah, nowadays it'd be like, oh, well, that's that's every day for every band out there. Yeah, like remember Ashley Simpson? Basically, her career ended because of Saturday Night Live. Oh yeah, the wrong she did. Tape. The, yeah, she did the cowboy dance, whatever and, that was. Yeah, yeah, it's like that weird little <laughs> shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now Cardi B, someone I I'm still not convinced. I don't know if you've seen or heard about this, but supposedly she th- whips a microphone at someone in the audience after they throw a drink on her. And from what I can tell, it's very possible this person was just enjoying the show with their drink in the air, and their elbow got hit violently by somebody in the crowd, and it did go right on Cardi B. But uh, she, of course, just launched her microphone at the person, and miraculously, even though she's got no microphone and she's screaming at this dude, you can still hear her sing the everything. Not a, not a, nothing disappears vocally, so she's a magician. Wow. Well, or a, ventril- a ventriloquist, Ooh, easy for me to say. There we go. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's a much better analogy than mine. So, yeah, what are your, uh, you know, the backing track things we talk about on the show quite a bit. I, my, my, my view is clear. I personally think anybody that admits to a little is using a lot. It's a misdirect. It is just, it is just. hey, we just do it for this little thing here. You know, it enhances. They always say enhance. Where do you stand on this whole whole mess? I agree with you. I mean, I'm not a fan of it, but I will say, even when I was gigging normally in the, call it the mid-2000s, early 20-teens, even our local bands, there were bands that we played with. We played a battle of the bands with a band who had tracks on an iPod that they plugged in, sent to the sound guy for a battle of the bands. Hmm. 
and it was allowed, and they had extra guitars, they had extra vocals and keys on it. We only, my band only ever had any part that wasn't on stage. So if we had a, a keyboard part that we did, a string part in a song that we did in the studio, we would play that, and that was it. If you're timing with uh, with an iPod, that seems like really difficult and cumbersome. Like it almost seems like it would be difficult to pull off. I mean, I you're talking late '90s, is that what you said? No, this was mid 2000s. Mid 2000s. Yeah. So still, it was kind of early for that. But yeah, we had local bands doing it. What they would do is they put a four count on the on the track that's on the iPod, and they were all wearing in ears. Okay. Even then, huh? God. Even then, I mean, in- so, in- this has been going on for a long time. Sure, no, I, I well, I've always for, with the bigger bands, but you know, mid two thousands, you know, in ear monitors weren't exactly a, an affordable option. You know what I mean? And especially if you're just a band trying to get there. Uh, my band only ever used them for intros. Um, yeah. you know, pre-recorded stuff. You know, for that there was never really, which is easy. You just hey, press this CD. You know, you burn it. It's only got one thing on it. And then we know when to come in, but uh, other than that, never, uh, yeah, ne- never used a backing track. And you know, typically, if you've been to our shows, you can tell. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, uh, I, I don't know, man. I've just never been a fan of it. It's, it's just wrong to me. It's you know, you you learn an instrument so you can play it. Even if you can't play it well, you play it with with heart and passion. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that, you know, what's the point of being up there? I'm actually more disappointed in the fans now that it's basically well known. It doesn't seem to make a fucking difference. It's it's there really is almost nothing that people will will just change their entire opinion on if it, if it fits them. You know, it's like everybody turned into a Kiss fan overnight. You know, where it's just like, well, this is good enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just uh, Robert and I saw Wasp. Um, I don't mm. know, a couple months ago. And it was very, very clear because they had a little mishap. It was very clear he was using yeah. backing tracks. And uh, I, it just sucked, man. It does. Uh, and, and I found out how much he was using. He he went full bore uh, admittance on uh episode of Eddie Trunk. And I would already bought my tickets for it. And I probably, you know what, if, if they do her again, just because it's Wasp and never seen Blackie play these things, I'll probably do it anyway. But I'm not going to see him play him anyway. But... Uh, right. It's just it. It is. I just don't get it. I really don't. What is the fucking point? You know. But we also live in a world where people playing video games, people will watch them, and it'll become a, a competitive sport. You know what I mean? The, the the stands of the TV studio will be filled with people who are a super fan of like you know uh, Xbox user twenty eight because he's really good at whatever game they're they're playing. I don't uh, look. I understand standing behind people trying to learn how, tricks at Pac-Man. I don't understand paying money to see this guy play Pac-Man. I can just you know. Yeah. I know they're yeah, not playing kids... Pac-Man, by the way, uh, uh, Kevin. I was just saying. I remember going oh, okay. to the arcade and and standing over someone's shoulder, but there was a certain benefit to it, you know. <laughs> they're not putting their quarters up on the screen anymore. <laughs> yeah, not at all. They're taking them. <laughs> <laughs> But my kids, um, so they don't even watch TV, basically, which, you know, a lot of people don't watch TV anymore. You just watch Netflix or whatever. Yeah. You, you watch your laptop. But but they don't even do that. They only watch YouTube, and they only watch YouTubers, which, again, is kind of the same thing. Like, yeah, you're watching like somebody who 
and these people, they make a ton of money and they actually perform live sometimes, these YouTubers. People go pay to see them. <laughs> and they're all they're doing is YouTubing. Like, it's just that's like going know. to a podcast convention and watching guys talk podcasts, right? Right, yeah. Hey, you know, touche. Um, <laughs> what is that podcast? They they became um, the last house, last podcast on the left. They were actually kind of a touring uh, entity. They would they would do live shows going out. And um, I don't know if you ever are you familiar with that show or not. I've heard of it. I have, okay, I've not heard it. It's pretty good. Uh, it's a lot of kind of like a deep dive on, um, you know, a true crime, uh, you know, but uh, which is re- really popular right now. They like they, they did the Jim Jones thing and then they did like Lizzie Borden and they, they, they break okay. down a lot of different stuff and they, 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 they sprinkle in, you know, their own you know sense of humor as they go. It's a, it'd be like if uh, Cobras on Fire did a, 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 a true crime podcast, but except for mm-hmm. they have a budget and they're talented. Uh, but other than that, it's oh, well, pretty much exactly well, what we do. Gotcha. Uh, well, uh, you know, is your co-host Robert? Is he a big fan of backing tracks? No, I don't even think he knows what one is. Okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, and one more thing: uh, Ghost uh, recently announced a hardcore no cell phone and not even smart fo- smart watch uh, policy for their upcoming tour here. This is kind of an off and on debate. I know as a, as a fan, I've actually seen less of it at concerts than I used to. Uh, it seems like people are trying to capture maybe a little bit of a moment, but they don't. I don't see what I used to, where it was like up for a, a song, a whole song right in front of you. Um, not that it doesn't happen. It's you, you go to YouTube, you can watch any show. I'm kind of torn on this because it's, it's, it's almost like the, the toothpaste is out of the tube. It's it's a fight that you're just. It's it's like trying to take down Ticketmaster and. And it, and it, even though I think it's right, I don't know that it's it's worth the hassle. But uh, my, here's where I'm going with this, Kevin. I, I think we've lost the mystery. We got setlist.com to tell you every song this band's playing every time they come to town. So you can look at that. And you can know what songs you're going to hear. Decide if you want to go or not. You know what the show is going to look like because you watched a video of it. You know, and it's I I think. You know, I mean, to me, like growing, like especially those formative years, it was about discovery. It was about the newness. It's about walking into the arena and like, those are the concert shirts that I can only get here, not on their website. You know what I mean? It's just, that was fun. There was something, you know, very unique about that. Now, this is, like I said, things change. I get it. But man, uh, as much as you, good luck enforcing that policy, I, I agree with. I that. was just going to ask, how are they enforcing that? What, well, they're basically if they work? see you use it, the security's supposed to take you out. Which, you so know. they're paying. You think they're paying the security extra, or are they bringing in their own folks? Or hmm, like, that's a good question. It. Because you know, a tour that size, you are basically high, the the. It's on the promoter to hire security. And you know, yeah. venue to venue, they're gonna have probably different uh, levels of enthusiasm in in enforcing it. So, yeah, I wonder. Yeah, do you get like a bonus for every person you kick out? <laughs> you start you just kicking out people for just, no reason, you yeah. know? Cell phone, exactly. boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did go to uh, Queens of the Stone Age recently, and this guy was in front of us, and he was kind of doing. A song here, a song there. It wasn't the whole whole time. Yeah. And this this guy behind me was reaching over me at one point in the show mm. and tapping yeah. the guy on the shoulder to tell him to put his phone down. And I'm like, 
Yeah, he hasn't been doing it the whole show. Yeah, he's like really into this band. Obviously, he has it up for one song and then maybe another song, two, yeah. three songs later. I, I'm okay with that. I don't care. I, I think if you have it up the whole time, one, I just think it's really dumb because you're completely missing the show. Yeah. Like you, you're missing the reason you're there if you're looking through the screen. Yeah, but, and I don't know if you know, but they're not cheap. <laughs> yeah, they're not cheap. Uh, but, you know, then it is annoying if somebody's holding up the phone the entire time. And obviously, if, you know, I'm, I'm taller, so it doesn't bother me nearly as much as someone who's shorter and you've got something in the air, you can't see a thing. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of torn about it. Yeah, I just, um, I don't know. I don't know that I'm tapping people on the shoulder unless it's like if there there was a woman at a this is a bar show i think it was like fucking gunzo and bullet boys and so you know the the stage is maybe knee high and i'm about as far from the computer screen right now as i am from the front of the stage other than this woman in front of me okay a little bit further basically about six seven feet away whatever but she brought one of those japanese hand fans and she's just waving it all over. And that was way more obstructive than a cell phone. I'm like, I literally can't see because you're trying to cool yourself. I remember, like, at one point, I'm like, a little, I, I, she turned around and kind of danced with her friend. I was like, hey, please keep it keep it chin, at, you know, between, like with a break in the song. Can you not wave it up, like, at my head, you know, where my eyes are? Maybe just fan yourself down here. Um, that that's then, not something you're gonna run into a lot, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if you go to Japan, that's a problem. I don't know. Oh man, yeah. I wonder if they have like no no Japanese fan rule at uh, Japan shows. It's like everybody just gets no. crazy, blocks everybody's view. Uh, well, if you've ever seen the the Japanese the visual K shows like X Japan, they actually all bring props. So like everybody in the audience has a prop. That would drive me nuts. Oh yeah, fuck that. It's like going to see Rocky Horror in the theater. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there is a venue here. It's called Skyway Theater. It used to be a movie theater downtown, kind of on the third level of a of a building, and they just gutted it and and used the theater stage, um, like uh, as the the stage. So it's it's a proper stage with you know as far as size and setup, but it has that slight movie theater arc. Kevin, the first time I went to a show there, it was a revelation. I'm like, this should be everywhere. Every time someone a little taller than me is dead in front of me, you literally just slightly move and you see everything. It is, you know, unless yep. you're behind John Lamoureux. But <laughs> it, it is, it, I'm like, this is, the, this is the solution for people who are shorter. Because, you know, like, like, I took a show there, took my wife to a show there, and she was like, this is amazing. Because, you know, you're just yep. standing there. It's like, oh, well, someone a little taller got in front of you. No problem. I'm going to move three inches diagonally and boom, I see everything again. So... Uh, I, it's a total shithole. The floors are sticky, and uh, but you know what? The sound's decent, and that alone to me makes it worth going. So, um, all, all venues, I, put, you're on put on notice. I agree. I think you should sell that in. You should be the angler. The angler. Selling Ooh, angles. I am yeah. looking for a new title. The angler. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyway, yeah, I'd, look, I, I'd, a lot of this stuff, as much as we get older and we get frustrated that, that the younger generation is doing things differently, it is just the way it goes. But I, you really wish you could, you could, you could reach them in a way that, that wouldn't sound like I'm just an old guy kicking you off my yard when I say, this is so much better when you don't know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? It just, well, 
Well, let's let's cover that real quick because it is your right. It is within your power to not go to set list mm. and look at it. It is Why? within your power not to watch the YouTube. Video. Yeah, so, and, you know, and that, that's that. my choice. You know, if I'm if there's yeah, a yeah. show I'm anticipating, I'm not looking at that stuff. That's my co-host yeah. who's into that. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's and then I'm blaming the youth, and I I got a 60 year old guy I, I should do a show with who's who's just as bad. Uh, <laughs> is that how old he is? He's 60 now. Yeah, he just turned 60 in March. Oh, yeah, good for him. Yeah, February glad 27th, I believe he turned 60. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad you're working with these guys. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like to help out. You know, I try to try to try to you know because at some day I'm thinking service. When I see LC, I'm always thinking. Someday I'm going to be that old too. I want people to be nice to me. So, yeah. Someday I will too wear New Balance shoes. <laughs> that ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> My wife did a couple of days ago. She's like, You're not wearing Slayer shirts when you're in your 60s. I'm like, Challenge accepted. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure my wardrobe isn't going to change. That's when you wear whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Anyway, right? What the fuck? You're, you're ornery old guy. You yeah. can do whatever you want. <laughs> oh, well, I, apparently I'm well on my way to being an ordinary old guy. But uh... wanted to tie it into the old theme of In Obscuria podcast. Uh, for people who haven't checked out your show, they definitely should, in spite of what we're about to get into a little bit later here. But uh, uh, you, you're basically, the whole premise is that you you, you pick a, I don't know, you know, I'll let you do your pitch here in a but you, you're going for the deeper tracks of almost any, any genre. Explain your show real quick before I explain what we're going to do here. Yeah, so we basically cover rock Anything with heavy guitars, so rock, punk, metal, you know, any genres in those broader areas of music we cover, and we cover what we say is the lost, the forgotten, or the should-have-beens. So anything that you uh, maybe, you know, maybe they had one hit, one hit wonder, and they, hmm. you, you didn't know they had anything else, or maybe it was a band that, 
uh, is more local, more regional, and, and other people in other areas of the country or the world don't don't know them because of that. Or bands that you just feel, for whatever reason, it just didn't happen. They should have been huge. So that's what we cover. Right on. Um, and again, in, in Obscuria podcast, you can find it anywhere you find your podcasts. So uh, go out and uh, do that. Uh, stay away from Spotify, though. Are you guys on Spotify? Oh, they like to kick us off from time to time because of what we do. We play full songs, so yeah. every once oh, in a yeah, while, our, our buddies at Universal. Yeah. Jesus Christ. All right. So what we're going to do today is that uh, in the essence of being obscure, uh, I think when you look at the Black Sabbath catalog as a whole, the Tony Martin era would be the uh, least biggest obscure era. Maybe... Uh, Seven Star, which I actually wish was included in this because I could probably do my whole list off it. But Seven Star is almost probably more obscure because it's kind of a weird little Tony Omi album called Black Sabbath. But uh, so it seems like you would accept the premise that like the Tony Martin era is the more obscure. You're not going to hear him play it now. So right, totally agree. So we're each going to do a draft of five songs. So the rules are like any draft. Once you pick it, it's gone. Once I pick it, it's gone. To determine which one of us gets the number one overall pick, I have a trivia question, but I'm going to let you pick uh, which question in a, in a certain way here. But hold on, i got to get myself a little organized. Where did I put the... So determine who, which of us gets the number one pick, and then we'll go back and forth after that. I'm going to give you the option. I'm going to ask you a question, and you can either pass or accept it. If you pass, I have a second question, but at that point, you have to take that question, okay? All right. And this is really just to determine which of us picks or picks first. So, all right. So the, uh, the, 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 the question that we, I have here, you can either accept this or you can pass. There are six B-side only Japanese tracks. Can you name three of them? This is all from the Tony Martin era. Pass. All right. <laughs> During Tony Martin's time in Black Sabbath, there were five members of the band that he worked with while in Black Sabbath and also later on. Can you name three of them? Tony Iommi? That's wrong. I'll give you one strike. Wait, what are you saying? I thought you said there were three, five people he worked with. Let me. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll rephrase. I'll, 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 well, I'll reread the question. Okay. During. Oh, I get you. <laughs> During his time in Black Sabbath, there are five members that he worked with in Black Sabbath and after Black Sabbath. He was in. I got you. There was okay. more than five that he worked with in Black Sabbath. These are five that he worked with later. Can you name three without looking at your phone? <laughs> uh, I'm not looking at my phone. No, I was kidding. Over here. Um, shit. I'm going to have to guess. Cozy Powell? That's one. Um, Rondinelli? That's two. Yeah. <sighs> I'll give you a hint. It's none of the big ones. Okay, yeah. Um, oh, shit. What was the keyboard guy's name? Ooh. Jeff. Is it Jeff Nichols? Is that Jeff it? Nichols. There you go. So you have the number one other pick. I would have also taken Lawrence Cottle, who I'm not actually familiar with, and Neil Murray, bass player. So 
All right. Well, you, my friend, have the number one pick. What are you taking from uh, the Tony Martin era? What song is your... So this is like your favorite. So we, we're not... My, you know, yeah. Number yeah, one. My favorite, all-time favorite Tony Martin song is When Death Calls. Oh, wow. That's a good tune. You know, when you, when you say it, also say what record it's on. Uh, it is off of Headless Cross. Now, Headless which Cross. Which had Cozy Powell on the drums. Yeah, yeah Cozy Powell. I, you know what? Great drummer. I don't know if that he was a great fit in Sabbath. Uh, um, I, I'm going to give you all the drummers, okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> let, me, let me hear him. Well, no. I'm, I'm, <laughs> when I give you my picks, I'm going to tell you the drummers. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> You know what? Uh, that was good. Uh, I, I might have to reconsider my my strategy uh, for the beef squash part of the show. Um, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't realize you you came prepared. Uh, <laughs> Headless Cross. I got to tell you, I was so pumped for that because uh, I absolutely adore Eternal Idol, and that album just overall fell flat for me. There's some stuff on there that I dig, uh, but. Yeah, um, but that is a cool tune. So, um, that, that I, of course, I don't know what else to expect from the In Obscuria podcast host. Of course, you're going to uh, go uh, even deep, even for Tony Martin era. So, good pick. <laughs> All right, my number one pick, man. I you left it out there, so I'm going to take the opening track on Eternal Idol, The Shining. This fucker just jams. I'm all too soon. What is it, Eric Singer on drums? Uh, that would be correct. All right, hey, ding, ding. Hey, I can remember one. It's only because he was in Kiss, you know, that I know who that is. <laughs> he was actually yep. in Lita sorry, Ford's yeah. band for a while in Badlands. Yeah, sorry. We could get uh, two more, and then we can get to the three Ks. Alice Cooper. I was I was going back to your Kiss reference there. Uh, uh, yeah, one K. Oh, I see. Yeah, we need two we more. Yeah, one K. Yeah, we'll get two more. <laughs> Oh, God. One of my favorite little bits you guys do there, especially when you hit three. Um, all right. Well, that brings you to you. Who's your second overall? What's it? What is who? Like, it is an actual draft. What song is your second overall pick from the Tony Martin era? My second overall pick is going to be The Sabbath Stones.
that comes off uh, T uh, Y R, right? Tier. That is on tier. Yes. That Cozy was... Powell on the drums. <laughs> that uh, that record kind of came out of nowhere. I remember at the time. Um, I didn't uh, actually. I love, I love it. Yeah, do you? Love it. Yeah, it's so creepy. It's just a overall creepy album. Now, as much as I can find stuff to listen to, and I do think Eternal Idol is a solid record, my general thoughts on the Tony Martin era are a lot like uh, Kiss fans talking about the Bruce Kulick era of, of, of Kiss, especially the 80s stuff. I just uh, I think you're kind of latching on to a, a memory, but uh, it sounds like you're a big fan of the, the Tony Martin stuff. I am, yep. And I got into it uh, with, well, Headless Cross was the first one I heard, so I kind of got into it at that point. And then went backwards to the rest of Sabbath. Um, really? That's I mean, I'd, mean, yeah, I had heard uh, I had heard some Ozzy. I had a, I had one tape with Ozzy on it, but I didn't really get into Sabbath. It was once I heard Headless Cross and the Tony Martin stuff that I really got into it and made a point to go get everything. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the, whatever. The, some of the records are better than others, like anything. But uh, I don't know. Go listen to part three of our Black Sabbath series for my thoughts on it. Uh, my number two pick, then, man. I got a you, you're leaving a lot on the meat for me, man. Um, I, uh, uh, which I appreciate, but it's making it a little difficult to pick. I'm gonna go with Eternal Idol, the title track from Eternal Idol. Sabbathy sounding tune, man. Absolutely. My only problem with that song is I always felt like it needed to speed up in the middle. It's it's classic doominess from Black Sabbath. Yeah. It never has a, a lift. Kind of like um of like the song Black Sabbath, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose, but you know, it's uh, I just love how God, it's just so creepy. I, I it's just, it is creepy. All right, my friend, you got number three here. Well, since you're you're going all eternal idol, I'm going to go ahead and grab one. So I'm going to do nightmare. That song is killer. Could have been on Elm Street 3. 
Oh, is that uh, an actual fact or just your opinion? Uh, well, that's my opinion, but I I thought maybe I, there was like rumors that it was like they were in the you know works to and they said you know we're gonna go with docking. You know, now that you say that, I think maybe I did pull that from. Maybe I do remember reading that. Hmm. Right timing. Yeah, but you know, Black Sabbath wasn't exactly uh, like a hot commodity at that point, and they were no docking. Exactly. <laughs> you know the weird thing. Yeah, they probably wouldn't trade places with them now, but uh, not even Tony <laughs> Martin would. I don't know, dude. I saw George Lynch on the Monsters of Rock cruise this year, and it was horrendous, horrible. Just him, or with Dawkins? Just him. It was, yeah. you know, he had his band were into it, but he he just had no energy. He could have cared less to be there. He was just going through the motions. It was just horrible. Like not even putting on a show. Not even faking it. The, the the luster of my fandom with him has taken quite a few hits over the last decade or so. Um, <laughs> I wonder why. Well, a little bit because of the interview stuff, but uh, honestly, I I've never I don't know a single guitar player that I've seen a dozen times that has had so many gear related issues from the very first time I saw him on uh, the Monsters of Rock tour. I didn't hear his guitar, and they were talking about it in between songs, until about the last two tracks. Until I've seen him in bars, I've seen him, you know, it's like, there's always seems to be, it's, it's like he just has, he's one of those guys that has too much shit that he's tinkering with, that things are never really quite right. Like, when you get on tour, it needs to be a machine. Plug it in, yeah. play, Everything needs to be set up and set right, and and it just that that's my personal take on it. You know, with my own experience over, I don't know what what you're like because you're just a bass player, but fuck you, black. You know, with guitar players, like especially oh. me being the rhythm guitar player, I didn't need all the toys and stuff, so I, I had them. But as it started to cause more problems, and I'm trying to troubleshoot during the show, I'm like, well, I'm taking that out, I'm taking that out, and it, by the the I, the last decade of me doing stuff, it was pretty much guitar, cable, amp. I was like, fuck it, uh, trouble. Yeah. Trouble had his nice big old pedal board; he can deal with it. But uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I can't wrap my head around. To your point, I can't. I'm a bass player. I can't wrap my head around all those <laughs> gadgets on the floor. Like yeah. I, I don't understand. You know, we stomp a lot, so yeah. that stuff would just get ruined. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're walking around like some kind of Frankenstein up there. <laughs> exactly. All right, so I got the. It's my pick, right? Number three. I thought we're at number three. Yep, yep. All right. Um, I got a couple directions I can go here. I'm going to step away from the Eternal Idol, uh, probably for the rest of my picks, because I could pick a couple more off there. Um, I'm going to go with "Can't Get Close Enough to You." I believe that is off of uh, Forbidden. What makes you? Horrible album. I'm actually interested wow. to hear what it sounds like with Tony remixing it and maybe beefing up the production a little bit because it does sound like fucking dog shit too. Uh, but to me, I don't know what you can do for most of those songs. But can't get, can't get close enough to you. I think is the standout track on that record. 
Cozy Powell on the drums once again there, Bucko. <laughs> yeah, the Gone But Ernie, Not Forgotten. Ernie C production. Yeah, yeah. Now, I thought about that being the trivia question. I'm like, there's no way he doesn't know that. That's too much of a softball for the In Obscuria guy. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's Count, Count Sabbath. But uh, see production. But yeah, uh, I just in case it, it, yeah, it got missed, uh, they're gone but not forgotten. Cozy Powell. Yes, yes, true. All right. Well, the fourth pick is yours, my friend. Oh, I got to go back to the the one that got me in. So I'm going to take the title track from Headless Cross. <laughs> Uh, based on our talk that you were going to grab that one a little earlier um i i like that song more now than i used to it just there's still just it doesn't quite i think the chorus is the biggest problem really? cross. oh it's so dio to me it's yeah, so out of the dio maybe if dio did it i'd like it better <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, dig him up and see if he can do it that riff though, bam, 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 bam. Just uh, it's not really a riff, more of a chord progression. But uh, that's for you, Stephen and Michael. Um, <laughs> all right, so Headless Cross is off my list now. Um, so that gives me my fourth pick. Um, oh boy, I'm gonna go with Feels Good to Me. This one comes off of uh, this is off a of TYR. I should have had this Feels set in front of me. me. Here. Yeah. Oh, dude. Okay, you picked the song off a of tier that sucks. Interesting. Oh God, I like this tune. Wow, <laughs> this, this is fun. Uh, see, now you're saying this is a reach. This is a, this should be an undrafted rookie signing and not uh, not a fourth round pick. Correct. Correct. Mm. Well, okay. My opinion is it doesn't fit in the album, so maybe maybe that's uh, a little hard. Goofy, but uh, yeah. Well, I think it's nice and and dark and and scary, and then you get feels good to me. It's like that should be on a Kingdom Come record. <laughs> you know what? I'll agree to that. Yeah, this is definitely kind of a. This is just. A, just south of slided in by White Snake, you know what I mean? There's uh, <laughs> no business on tier, man. Yeah, or on, on any Sabbath record if you if you look at it in that that light. Uh, I do absolutely love the cover for for tier, but uh, all right. Well, for your final and fifth pick, what do you got? All right, let's see. I'm going to go with Cross of Thorns from Cross Purposes.
ever seen? Um, I bought the uh, the Cross Purposes Purposes Live. It was like a VHS and a. Yeah, that's a great great concert. Yeah, it's actually really cool. It's um, cool. To see. Was that the one that's in? Was it uh, Russia? Is that where that's filmed? Oh, I don't think so. I think it's in England somewhere. No? Uh, I was thinking there was one that I remember catching it. It was filmed in Russia, which I thought was really bizarre. Hmm. With Tony Martin, I guess. With Tony Martin, yeah. yeah. All right, so my last pick. Now I got it down to a handful of here. Um, you know what? I'll tell you what. Uh, I'll, I'll make my pick, and after that, we can give our also rans, uh, like things that because uh, I made a list that you know I was assuming. Yeah, oh, I, I really shouldn't have assumed. I figured you would have a much different selection than I am. You're just you're that kind of guy. Uh boy, what do I want to? I'm gonna go. God, it's another one of uh, Eternal Idol. <laughs> You Why don't you just pick Eternal Idol? That, well, I, honestly, the, it, it is to me. It's like Eternal Idol is a 10, and the other four don't even stack up to a 10. I don't think you can't. You can't make one record as good as Eternal Idol with the other four. Uh, that's wow. my personal opinion. Um, but there are some great moments, and that's what we're talking about here. You know what? I'm going to go with Anna Monday off of uh, – oh, Christ, I'm doing this. Uh, that's off of Cross Purposes? No. That's Tear. Uh, wait, which one? Anna Monday. It's the opening track on Tear. Yes, right? yes. Yeah, okay. no, no, no. Monday is my that is a killer, killer, cozy Powell drum there. <laughs> Good drumming on that one. Yeah, I'll see him do it again. Fuck oh, you, <laughs> um, all no right. Valhalla for you. I, I you know, that... for sure you would go with Valhalla. <laughs> yeah, no, no Valhalla. Um, <laughs> all right, the, the, the oh, I got gotcha. you. It's a skull. There uh, you go. Got a uh, what shocked the world tonight, Kevin. <laughs> We're gonna get Eagles ass, tonight, right? We're gonna get our ass handed to us tonight. Yeah. What What happened last week, man? Um, yeah, I don't know. Just a flat performance. Three turnovers in 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 the the red zone, and and you know what? You uh, just, that was just like they Baker, don't have their guy. They don't have their guy. You guys should have beat them. Yeah, but it's Baker Mayfield, the wild card. Wild card, bitches! Yeah! Well, here here are my leftovers, and um. I had Hard Life to Love off of uh, Eternal Idol, Jerusalem, Eyewitness, and Lost Forever were the my remaining kind of picks there. So, what did you have that you left on the table that you can sign now let's, as undrafted free agents? Let's see. I had Lost Forever. I had uh, Kill in the Spirit World. It's a good one. Bahala, Dying for Love, which is a interesting kind of bluesy number, and Evil Eye. All right. Very good. Well, let's stop delaying it. Everybody wants to get into this. So, uh... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Let's get ready. 
Let's get to the beef squash. Let's so, do it. So, if anybody that hasn't heard it, go back and listen to episode 304 of Cobras and Fire. Or listen to, what is it, one, was it one, I don't have it in front of me. What, what episode was it that you probably have now deleted, 194? It was 189, is that correct? No, that was the Danko Jones one. It was 194, yes. Okay. So you all listen to those two episodes. You can listen to Kevin basically shit all over me and, and throw me under the bus left mm-hmm. and right and mm-hmm. then have me counter that with the actual truth of that in our latest episode, 304. Um, now, <laughs> before we get into this, because I understand you have uh, have uh, a prepared statement, um, let me just set set the the one thing I left out when I talked with uh, talked about this on Cobras and Fire, and it was that like there was a, a little bit of a message back and forth where uh, you were basically like you know after you had kind of reached out to me and we, we had our little exchange about the drummer jokes, you would you you let me know that hey just a heads up uh, episode comes out on uh, a couple days here and I pretty much threw you under the bus, and, <laughs> and I'm like sitting there thinking like eh, whatever you know I mean. Uh, it's Kevin Williams. How bad can it be? And first of all, I like getting fucked with. You know, this is no big deal. You know, big bust my balls all I want. So I was looking forward to it. And I listened to it. And I'm like, holy fuck. This guy <laughs> sold me out, man. This, this guy jumped out. This guy was flying the plane and jumped out and left me in it, man. <laughs> it's just... Oh, you're, 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 being, you're being harsh. No, I don't think it was that bad. Come on. I, you think I'm, I'm overselling it? I think you might be overselling it. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I, I need right. to go back and listen. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, actually, it was, it was 192. I, I correct okay. myself. It was okay. 192. I just looked it up. Well, um, I'm going to need a written apology for having that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you have seven days to retract that statement. Uh, just, uh, just so you heard my my retort, um, and maybe this is part of your your prepared statement, and, and that's fine. We can get to that right now. Um, did I mis- misrepresent anything as far as our conversation back and forth? In your opinion, uh, as far as our conversation back and forth, uh, no, you did not re- okay. misrepresent anything. <laughs> Order in the court. That, that you know what, Kevin? That goes a long way to start the healing. The uh, the healing is oh. beginning right now. So, okay, well. I don't want to. I don't want to say too much because, um, Baco, I will be representing myself today. Um, so I will now turn this over to my attorney. <clears throat> That's me. Um, my client has prepared a statement, which I will read shortly. I, I hold it here in my hand. Uh, first, first, however, Baco, a few comments based on the allegations made against my client. Uh, the jokes used on episode 192 of the In Obscuria podcast were obtained by my client from a series of text messages, as you said, (laughs) from one Baco. Now, if my client learned one thing from the journalism class that he never once attended, it's that you always quote your sources, which is what he did Hmm. on the afternoon of August 13th. So that one. Number two, my client appreciates you not mentioning his guest on your show. Uh, as to not include them or their camps in any entanglement or further legalities of these allegations and supposed conflicts. So I want to thank you again for not mentioning Rob Hammersmith of Skid Row or Kent Oberly of Blackberry Smoke. Thank oh, that's who it was? I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number three. Wait, are those, those are the drummers? Those were the drummers. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm glad. Thank you for not mentioning them. We don't want to say their names on, on any recording. So thank you for not doing that. Um, number three, 
you you did mention the co-host of the program. <laughs> um, my co-host, one Robert. I'm sorry. Harrison. You mean the, can, Your Honor? Can we for the uh, uh, make a correction here? We are talking about the co-conspirator, not co-host. Ah, uh, uh, well, allegations again. Allegations. Uh, <laughs> my co-host, one Robert Harrison, claims complete innocence due to a slight intoxication hmm. and very poor short-term memory. And after he told me this, he then asked for, I quote, a Pop-Tart and a beer and to know where the white women are at. Okay, then I'm, I'm at this point, I would like to uh, represent, I also am representing myself for speaking for my client. Um, I will concede that point. Uh, we uh, have removed Robert from the beef. Order in the court. Okay, thank if he, you. If he's been um, drinking and eating Pop-Tarts, it's understandable. And looking for the white women. You're looking for the um, white women. I will now, uh, Baco, I will now read the statement written by my client in response to your most recent accusations and allegations made on September 12th in the latest episode of Cobras and Fire. So uh, I will read the statement that is written here. <laughs> Best beef squash ever. Beef squash. <laughs> oh, sorry, a uh, little parts. Oh. <clears throat> uh, sorry, I got to get my glasses here. I can't. can't. Right. <clears throat> here we go. Dearest Baco. Sorry, dude. You motherfucker. Hmm. That was it. Uh, now, that being said. I do have a, a gesture of goodwill. Hmm. Uh, you mentioned payment, and I, I do have something for you here. <laughs> so in a further gesture of goodwill, uh, amending the fences uh, by means of payment, my client has been in contact this week with entrepreneur and renowned promoter Billy McFarlane. He has secured a spot, been guaranteed, secured a spot and a sponsorship at an upcoming festival in the Caribbean, Cobras and Fire Baco will be performing a 45-minute live podcasting set on the Coconuts and Comedy Stage at the 2024 Fire Festival. There you go, my friend. Hmm. Yeah, I gotta tell you, um, that's I'm I'm I. Is there a, a word that means underwhelmed? That's more underwhelmed than the term underwhelmed. I just I, I'm not even sure what to, to take you. That that that's not close to the tearful apology I was looking for. Uh, Billy McFarland insured me. This is a million dollar spot, Baco. Do you understand? You you asked for two hundred dollars for the jokes that you provided to me. I'm giving you a million dollar spot. Yeah, you might as well have given me. I don't know uh, a, a year subscription to America Online. Uh, I just you sent me send me well, a bunch he said of those that CDs. Was part of it, so you're getting that as well. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, Kevin, this this is this is not good enough. You've, it seems like you've admitted uh, my accusations as uh, uh, factful and truthful, and uh, and yet you refuse to you know even cater to my pretty meager meager demands. I just I. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand, sir. A, a statement was read. It, it was carefully crafted on paper, written down, and uh, you know it was an apology of of many words. That being three. 
not even a crocodile could cry at that. You know, I mean, it's just. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, 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 look, I don't, do you know what the word heartfelt meant? It's like, you know, I, I, I thought your client and I were, uh, were bros, you know? Um, like I said, you know, if it was something that I was actually represented me, I would have been happy. But, uh, he literally like told the, the most obvious drummer jokes and said, by the way, these are horrible. You're probably going to be pissed off at it. And it's this guy's fault. <laughs> uh, not good enough, Kevin. No, I'm going to need more. I'm going to need, uh. I don't know. Okay. It's, 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 how, how about this? How about this? How about if? How about if the sincerity of my apology could be measured in at least the size of three Taylor Swifts? Would that hmm. work for you? So who's doing the measuring though? Mm, good point. Because three Taylor Swifts, uh, con- if if it's if it's as big as you know three Taylor Swift concerts, that would more than uh, uh, satisfy my client myself. We'll, we'll even up our apology. Uh, we will go two Beyonces and three Taylor Swifts of an apology. How about that? Okay, let me counter that with um, I'm going to need nine Beyonces and four Taylor Swifts. Let me confer with my client very quickly here. Take a Cardi B. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll throw in a Cardi B, five Beyonce's, and four Taylor Swift. I think we got an agreement. All right. All right. Good. I think we can officially call this. This beef is officially squashed. Beef squash. Good. Good, good, good. Glad to hear it. Um... <laughs> Well, I did enjoy the episode, Kevin, even though you mercilessly <laughs> tossed me under the bus. Uh, but uh, uh, it, it was, you know, of course, you, you, you know, I'd be a, a gigantic hypocrite if I actually had a problem with it. But uh, <laughs> maybe this is the first time I've actually admitted that the beef wasn't actually a beef. But uh, I do appreciate the effort. You Maybe it's because you put more effort into it. Stephen Michael just lost a debate with me. I was like, well, this isn't any damn fun. well i will tell you this they were they were cracking up when i was doing i had to cut some some of the stuff out because they were cracking up because of course those were all drummer jokes that they had heard yeah yeah and uh it you know they were having fun with it so well the thing is like when, when we were recording my my um uh uh what do you call it i i had the i had the same problem with recording it like my comment back I don't know, whatever you want to say. Your rebuttal? Rebuttal! My God, what is going on? Uh, I must have sold it pretty good because uh, afterwards, uh, Devin was like, um, I just want to say, like, when you go back and edit this, listen a little bit and make sure, because it might sound like you're, you know, 
like Kevin's a really nice guy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he, I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, so I told him like, Hey, we've actually kind of messaged back and forth on this. And then I said, you know, it was like, well, I guess we need a new drummer. And then I'm like, Oh, but uh, yeah, this ain't over. There was a moment. There was a moment when I was listening to you. I'm like, Oh shit. Oh, <laughs> he's really pissed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? When I listen back to it, I'm like, when I get to the point where Devin's like, well, maybe he was just like giving you credit. Not, you actually hear me kind of laugh, and I'm like, no, he does not giving. No, you go listen to it, man. It's not. So that's when I thought that they, they, they could, no, it was never. Uh, uh, was that your secret plan all along to set me up for all my cheap shots I take at bass players? <laughs> you got it. Oh, you fuck. I, I actually. I actually tried in the in the segment to make fun of myself even mm-hmm. and I don't know if you caught that but I and they were they were <laughs> they were being so nice I'm like yeah. I had to tell them kind of off off the mic I'm like you guys are being way too nice like we're we're trying to have some fun with this like, yeah okay you, know, <laughs> you can sting a little bit no it's all good all right well let's wrap this up Kevin I appreciate you coming on and uh uh, offering you know the reparations of not exactly what I asked for but uh you know, at least reparations of some sort. We came to an agreement. You know, it's a, you know, it's a negotiation, I guess. So I, I can live with that. And, um, you know, give my best to, I don't know, those guys, the, the, the drummer, drummer one, drummer two. Uh, <laughs> let them know that I, yes. I, I appreciate them. It's not like they're random drummers, dude. They're, they're in big bands. <laughs> oh, yeah. All, like it, like that guy who's like in, uh, uh, who's the Both guy, uh, you know, the, the Black Crow's got drummer. I got drummer. A lot of you, you too, uh, drummer Metallica, <laughs> Lars, <laughs> Cozy Pal. Yeah, Metallica really needs a drummer. They could use a drummer. <laughs> oh God! Uh, but anyway, this has been a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but there's a football game tonight that apparently I'm obligated to watch uh, from beginning to end, unless things go really fucking sideways then i can just put it on mute and listen to music like gene vogel does but uh uh so i I, i'm glad you squeezed this in um uh you got some daddy daughter time tonight i I understand i do yep i gotta go take care of some business whip some kids well uh thanks again and everybody go check out the in obscuria podcast one of my favorite uh shows out there uh and of course kevin of you and your 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 uh co-conspirator are two of my favorite people on the planet so give my best to Robert Uh, anyway let's get the hell out of here all right rock is not dead but it's a one a two a one two three four Shake your pants, gotta be real poor, wanna do nothing, but you 
can't take a chance when stand up days go up against my call. Hey! 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 Let's get ready to rumble! Hey! Shipping the bum, shitting your pants. Feel the floor, do a little dance. Skibbity bad, bibbity boo. Do do, put my shoe. On our episode later on, did you catch that I called you Kevin Smith? No, I didn't. No, where did you say that? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 